Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the latest in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We exhort you. We magnify your name. We appreciate you once again. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for the hour. Thank you for the season. Thank you for the day. The day you've made. The day you've ordained for us to come before you and seek your glory. We magnify and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Check your sound. The echo is high. Okay, we continue with the subject on praying in the spirit and this is going to be part number four and again our test we read from Ephesians 6 verse 17 and he said take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints we tried to explain this a little bit last week and again let's take it from the message translation from verse number 18 message translation 18 in the same way prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare pray hard and long pray for your brothers and sisters keep your eyes open keep each other's spirit up so that no one falls behind or drops out praise the Lord and we've tried severally to explain to us in the course of this study as to what it means to pray in the spirit and with the spirit uh, essentially knowing that the spirit of the lord is joined to your human spirit once you're born again in fact scripture said we are sealed with the holy spirit of promise and the aspect of you that is sealed is your human spirit and so we know that 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we are praying with one spirit. So that's why we're saying you can pray in your understanding and you can pray in the spirit or with the spirit. In that case, your spirit is praying in union with the Holy Spirit. And there's something very important which we discussed last week. We made us understand that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and takes the will of God, communicates the will of God to us, and also takes our intentions or our prayers and produces them before God. And in that sense, you're praying in relation to what God's mind is, not just only for you, but for that which God intends. So now we look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Uh, something very important that I think we need to consider John chapter 5 verse number 18 sorry verse 14 
John 5 verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we pray or if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. This is the confidence that we have. This is the trust that we have. You know, the liberty of access and speech. That if we seek or ask anything according to his will, that is which he has promised in his word or which he has promised to us. Now, we have people that say the word of God, maybe you've not heard that, but I've, I've had people recently say the Bible is not the word of God. That the word of God is Christ. I have no problem. But again, scripture says in 1 Timothy, all scripture is inspired of God. So now, if all scripture is inspired of God, and you are saying it's not the word of God, inspired of God by the Spirit, invariably you're saying the Holy Spirit is not playing any role. And when you say the Holy Spirit is not there, you are also saying the Godhead is not complete in terms of the revelation of the word of God. Because the Godhead is made up of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now if the Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures, and you're saying the scripture is not the word of God, you're saying the Holy Spirit did no job. So by implication, you are rejecting the Holy Spirit. Are we together? Now when you look at the Bible, what you actually see there is a logos. L-O-G-O-S. The logos. Now, if you are reading the Bible and God gives you a particular, how do I describe it? You go through the scriptures and there, there's a witness in your spirit about a verse of scriptures which could actually maybe be speaking about your condition. Automatically, that word becomes a rema. You understand that? It's a logos. But if God gives it to you by way of vision or revelation or even as you are listening to me and I quote a scripture and it hits you so strongly in your understanding and you receive it, it becomes a rema. So rema is gotten from the logos. Rema is that which is... So this is the way it is. Logos is the general word. Rema is a specific word given to you, which you receive. And so, Paul writing will say, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What it means to say, hearing by the rema of God. Praise the Lord. So, his word is a revelation of his will. We've got to understand that. In the things which consign the salvation of man, that's the primary thing that the scripture is all about. So, we read last week as well, Romans, Romans chapter 1, verse 6, 6 and 17. And it tells us precisely that the gospel is power of God unto salvation. Now, you can't talk about the gospel without looking at the scriptures. Are you with me? It is the word of God that reveals what the gospel is. So now you can't be saved without the gospel. So how do you now say the word which you read is not? 
the point is if it is communicated to your spirit it becomes life jesus will say the word that i speak unto you they are spirit and they are life praise the living god so when you don't see light in the world it is logos it's ordinary later that kill it but when you begin to see light in what you read it it becomes rema revelation now all that god has promised we are justified in expecting and what he has promised and we expect we should pray for so for instance other than what is written in the word if he gives you a word you can pray through that word you see this is the way for instance paul spoke to timothy he said war a good warfare with the prayer on the prophecy that has come unto you by the presbytery did you get that fine you pray for you pray to get the prophetic impact of that prophecy that came upon you that's a word you see so whatever he has revealed you pray for is according to his will praise the lord so praying is the language of the children of god i said that last week he who is begotten of god speaks this language what is the language of the children of god abba father that's the language of god's children every child of god is able to call on his father praise the lord and we do this through the spirit of supplication as is granted unto us so we find a prayer is the language of dependence of god that's the first thing again i want you to pick when you pray you are actually saying you depend on god for your sustenance the basis of prayer is that you're trusting god to sustain you anytime anywhere whatever the situation will be you're trying to say you can't live all by yourself he has to be there to help you so you're only asking him for help praise the lord and so when Jesus taught the disciples, remember in that what you call the Lord's Prayer. You can follow the whole principle and look at what he said. When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. And begin to go down and say, Give us this day our daily bread. That's your want. You need, some, you need something for the day. You're asking your Father to give it to you. That is prayer. Amen? Now, I'm saying this. What we're dealing with now is that you pray in this prayer so that, I mean, when you begin to pray in the spirit, what you ordinarily couldn't be able to articulate or put together, the Holy Spirit helps you so that you can communicate them to God. You may not be communicating them in your understanding, but the Holy Spirit takes them and presents them before God. Amen? Okay. So, we find that as far as the soul of man is concerned, he's dumb. He doesn't know nothing without the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's like a beast. The natural man, is, that's why the Bible says natural man is like a beast. The soul of man, which is the, the, the mind, the will, the emotion, and the intellect, is beastly until there's the influence of the Holy Spirit to give life to it. You get that? So within the realm of the soul of man in the true sense, there's neither life nor love nor faith. Faith and prayer are not bodily to advance claims upon God. We ought to understand that. You don't just wake up and say, oh, come on, God, I need a Mercedes-Benz car. I need a Jaguar car, you know, because you're my father. No, it's, that is not what we're talking about. That kind of faith movement that says, okay, name it and claim it, 
that is not what we're talking about. That is not necessarily prayer. Prayer is based on what God revealed to you. That's when it becomes effectual. I'll make you see some things as we move on. So we must take it as to what we ask and believe for. You know, it's in agreement to the revealed will of God. What we find promised, that we may plead for. That which God has promised, we can ask for. Okay. For instance, he has promised our divine health. We're praying about that. Uh, when is it? On Friday. Right? It talks about, I wish above all things that I may prosper and be held, even as I so prosperous. I agreed that that thing was spoken to Gaius, was spoken to somebody. Right? But it's a revealed word, and that is God's intention for everyone that walks the way Gaius was walking. So you can pray that prayer, you can take it. The Bible talks about, by his stripe we're healed. You can take that, you can pray it, you can believe it. It's already a revealed world. It's become something. You know, if you sick regularly and you come to a place that says, I'm no longer comfortable with this kind of sickness, what does the word of God say about it? That is his will. As a matter of fact, the word testament means a will. So, when you say the Old Testament or the New Testament, you are simply saying the first will and the second will. They are all wills. Amen? All right. Okay. Romans 8 again, verse number 15. Romans 8, 15. Uh, this is what I'm saying, where the connection comes in. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Uh, I wouldn't want to spend time talking about adoption. Some other times we're going to talk about that. Is that okay? But adoption is not necessarily that because you are not... Uh, in the Western culture, adoption is you picking somebody who is not your child. It becomes your child. Right? But in God's kingdom, that is not the principle of adoption. Adoption is to declare of who you have become part-time. You matured enough, or whatever level you are, he declares you to be his son. Adopted you from monks men. Amen? Praise the Lord. Alright, then it goes on to say, verse 16, the spirit is a better witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. So, now go with me to 2 Corinthians 2 verse number 12 and uh, verse 13. Good, sorry. 1 Corinthians, not 2 Corinthians. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Spirit teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now the point I want you to know there is verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. That's the key point. Remember, if you pray according to his will, it is the will that we know about that now we're going to be praying about. Do you understand that? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So the Holy Spirit revealed those things to us which God has given to us. And so when God, the Holy Spirit reveals that, we can pray with those things and we are bound to receive them because they are His will. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Now I want to make you see this. Now I want, this is very important. The 1 Corinthians 2.12 is very, very important. The Holy Spirit 
have been given to us to know the things that are freely given to us of God. So the Holy Spirit does reveal those things to us. And it's important you understand what I'm saying. And when they are revealed to you, you're going to be praying according to the will of God with the help also of all the Holy Spirit. Now, often and again you have when people teach about prayers, one of the examples that they use essentially is Prophet Elijah. And this is what they normally quote, James 5 17 to 18 James chapter 5 17 to 18 Praise the Lord And scripture says Elias was a man subject To like passion as we are In other words he was a human being And he prayed earnestly That it might not rain And it rained not on the earth But the space of three years and six months Three and a half years and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. What gave Elijah this power? Why is it that we don't pray and get the same result? Because we quote it to say, Elijah is subject like unto us. So the question is, what foundation was Elijah having to do what he did? How did God get to obey Elijah's prayer to the point where actually there was no rain? Now let me not stretch your imagination. I'll come back to that. But the point is, again, if you really want to talk about what truly happened in Israel, what God did was the rain that was going to fall for the three and a half years that there was no rain for this period of time have to do with the true sense of it, the teaching ministry of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus taught for three and a half years that was the rain that God actually wanted Israel to receive. But then that'll be a problem. So, in the natural, there was no rain. Is that okay? So my point is, how did Elijah get this kind of power? To pray that there should be no rain. Anyway, let's look at it. First Kings chapter 17 verse number 1. First Kings 17 verse number 1. Bible says Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the east, Habitants of Gilead said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel leave it, before whom I stand, and that's another thing. In the course of prayer, there's a place you are supposed to be properly positioned, there's a man you are supposed to be representing on the face of the earth. You bring in a heaven for God's will to be done on the earth as you're praying. You have to be strategically positioned before God. Before women stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. <laughs> and the word of the Lord of, of the Lord came unto him, saying, Gather thence and turn east and eastward, and hide thyself by the brook of Cherin that is before Jordan. But the point I want you to see there is verse number one. And this is what James was praying, I mean, talking about. Is that okay? As long as I stand before the Lord, there shall be no rain according to my words. So my question is, how did 
his words become so powerful to making sure there was no rain for three and a half years. Will you want to know that? Because that's what helps you. Remember what we're talking about. We pray according to his will. But outside of the Holy Spirit helping you now to reveal his will, we're talking about how you come to the point of praying and knowing God's will, and then you get results. Just like we said before, if you have a prophetic word and you know this is from God, you can keep to that. You can take it up to God and you get results. I give you a series of examples in this place of some of the things the Lord has spoken to me. Why I have to live the way I do and why I have to believe the way I do believe. Why? Because those words were given to me from the scriptures but become rema unto me and I can pray them. Anytime when situation comes across me that doesn't look pleasant or good. That's why it's important for you to hear God. If you truly want to pray according to his will, you've got to hear what he has to say. Hallelujah. Uh, let me give you the reason why the world was so powerful and God has to honor this world of his. Deuteronomy chapter 11, go with me to 16 and verse 17. Hallelujah. Now God was speaking to Israel through Moses. He said, take heed to yourselves that your hearts be not deceived. And you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath will be kindled against you. And it will shut up the heaven that there be no rain. And that the land yet not have fruit. Unless you perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord has given to you. I want you to follow it. If you go to serve other idols, this is what I'm going to do. I make sure that there is no rain in the land. I make sure that your crops do not produce. Even in the land that you're going to possess. I gave you the land, but if you go and serve idols, this is what I'm going to do. Now Elijah knew this. So he went to God. It's like saying, God, remember what you said. That once we come to this land and we go about worshiping all the idols, you said there will be no rain. Now Ahab and Jezebel, they are worshiping idols through the company of the prophet of Baal. So if you must prove your word, it is now. Let there be no rain. And God have to honor his word. More than his name. If we pray according to his will, he hears us. So the secret of the power that followed the prayer of Elijah was because God said, if you go worship idols, and make sure there's no rain in the land. Are you following it? This is where the world is so powerful. If I told you last week, if you don't know the world, there is nothing for the Holy Spirit to remind you of. If you don't know the word, you will not even know what to pray with. And so, if you truly understand the word, and you know the word of God, you study the word of God, you go into prayers, and if you are praying to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit reminds you by bringing that which you know, and you can enforce it. 
So this is a major power secret of Elijah. God said there will be no rain. And Elijah simply just went and said, Oh God, listen, I'm serving you. You better watch this. Look at the whole land. They are all idol worshippers. Jezebel and Ahab are brought in by worship. All the prophets are here doing their own thing. And so if you truly must be God, that you said before, this is the time to prove your word. You said if we go into idol worship, there will be no rain. I'm going to start to make that declaration today. Because I stand before you. That's why I stand before the presence of God. If I be standing before the presence, will let there be no rain according to my word. And God have no option than to shut the heavens. If you pray according to his will, he hear it. Now let me show you something. Just to tell you that Elijah was not too powerful. And so, <laughs> James 5 now tells you Elijah was subject like unto us, right? Okay, so if you want to get the same power that Elijah had, you don't need to fast 40 days and 40 nights. Where are you going to get it from? The word of God. Do you ever realize that even the 40 to 49 that he went through, God had to personally ask him to do it. He told him, you are about to go on a long journey. Eat this food that you may have strength to go through. I don't know if you understand that. Go with me to Revelation, I mean Romans 11. Let me show you something. To tell you that there was nothing special about Elijah's ministry that made the rain not to fall. Other than the word of God. Romans 11 verse 1. I say then how God cast away his people. God forbid for I am also an Israelite. Of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God have not cast away his people. Which for new. Would you know what the scripture said of Elias? How he make an intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thy altars, and I'm left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God to him? I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the meal. To the image of Baal. Did you get that? Was his prayer answered? No. When he prayed according to the will of God, there was no rain. But when he prayed outside of the will of God, no answer. Is this simple? This is just it. So when you say Elijah was subject like unto us, was a man like, yes he was, but what gave him the power? He knew what God has in mind. He knew the will of God. So you can't just be praying just the way you want to pray, no. That is why you don't get results. What is God saying about your situation? What has God spoken to you about a situation? Enforce God's will by what you know in the world and the world you have revealed to you. So here God never, you know, he was praying outside of the will of God. He went to God. No, see, you know what he was trying to say? The Bible said he interceded against what he was trying to say. Hey, God, listen to me. You know how powerful I am. I stopped the rain the other time. Now these people are doing this. Destroy every one of them. God said, no. I reserve for myself 
all the prophets, all the men who have not bowed their knees unto God. So your prayer is not answered. Because you don't know. Can we read them a little bit? Okay, that's way. But what's the other answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself, how many people? 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee unto who? Unto Baal. So don't use, don't use that on me. I have people who are strong in the faith. I have people who are standing for me. You are not the only one. So here he prayed not knowing the will of God. So there was no answer. But when he took the word from Deuteronomy chapter 11, 16, 17, and said, you said if there is going to be an idol worship in the land, there will be no rain. God said, yes, I said that. Declare it to the people. He declared to the people. And God said, no rain three and a half years. And because God did that for you, maybe he entered into his head. And now he came down, not knowing the will of God. And said, destroy these people. They are all idol worshippers. I'm the only one left. God said, no, you are ignorant of my will in this matter. I have 7,000 men with nobody that kneels unto God. So, in the case of, let there be no rain, he succeeded. In the case of, I am the one alone, he didn't succeed. Why? He didn't know the will of God. He never knew the mind of God. He never knew that there were 7,000 men that God has kept somewhere else. You following that? So if you want to have effectual prayer, power, manifested, you got to know the mind of God and the will of God. Now, let me read this scene a little bit up again. Go back. I'll show you. Go to verse 3. Revelation, I mean, yeah. Okay, uh, now go back to verse 2. Let me, let me show you. Let me, there's something I want you to see there. God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. We are not what the scripture said of Elias. How he make it in the session to God against Israel. How did he do prayer? Same. That's what I want you to see. The world that is, <laughs> he make it intercession against a crying. Is that what it was happening? Groaning. No, no, no. Fasting and praying. Now, am I against all of those things? No. But prayer is saying what God is supposed to be saying. Look at the prayer life of Jesus. Lazarus comforts. Is that okay? Look at even the prayer that Peter prayed. Tabitha, arise. No sweat. Are you following what I'm talking about? Look at the one you pray by the beautiful gate. Silver and gold have I known. That which I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The man lift up. Here is Elijah praying and saying when you connected to the world, when you know the world, when you understand what the world stands for, you don't cry to get results. You say. Are you listening to me? <laughs> you remember 
Jesus, when the disciples came to him, he said, teach us to pray. What did he tell them? He didn't say, when you want to pray, go and put arches upon yourself, wear sack clothes, mourn for three days, cry, and then I'll answer you. He said, but when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven. He made it so simple. Because you know exactly what the will of God is. So here is a man. Now, merely saying is referred to as intercession. How he interceded, make an intercession to God against Israel. But he was just saying something. And the scripture recorded to be what? Intercession. Are you still there with me? What? Because you are united with the Spirit and the Word of God have been made available to you. You are leveraging on the Word. It's not your strength, not by mind, but by my Spirit, said the Lord. Amen? How many minutes more do we have left? Can you tell me? I just want to read the Scripture, then you can go meditate on it. Zechariah 12, verse number 9. But are you following so far? Zechariah 12, verse number 9. It will help you. When you need them to pray, you pray in the will of God. You know the mind of God. If you pray according to His will, He hears it. There is nothing that will make God not to answer us. If you pray according to His will. Especially if He speaks the word to you. If He gives you the word. If He communicates the word to you. By way of revelation. I mean, when the word becomes a rhema, you just talk to God, you get what you want. 12 verse number 9. Zechariah 12 verse number 9. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that came against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourned for his own son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is bitterness for his firstborn. The Hebrew grace there and supplication are twin terms. It's therefore translated gracious supplication. Now the plural form here speaks of the petitioner's prayers without season. Here it is not just merely that of external help against the enemy, but eternal grace that is promised. Amen? So the spirit of supplication, the gracious spirit of supplication, comes alongside with the fault of what you know and what God has promised. Hallelujah. So I just want you to see this and, and be able to know how to pray. So if you look at this particular passage, which is Zechariah 12, if you look at the standard, it, it's trying to give you some facts that will enable you to pray or that God releases. One of them is the outpouring of His Spirit. It will cause you to be able to see that. Second thing talks about the house of David, which is actually the leadership in Israel and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Meaning, when the spirit of grace comes, it comes to the place of leadership. 
I will pour it upon the house of David. I will bring it in the house of leadership so that they can lead others. So, this intercessory spirit by the Holy Spirit brings you to the place of submitting to his leadership. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Because it, David was going to be is the household of faith, is the kingship. The spirit is coming on the house of David because they have to lead the people. So, the Holy Spirit, united with your Holy Spirit, I mean with your human spirit, leads you on into praying the will of God. That is the spirit of supplication and grace that comes to us. It's an eternity. Amen? The thought in there, like you look at 13 verse 1, you represent all humanity, will be the subject of the outpouring of the divine spirit of grace and supplication at the appointed time. So this is basically the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, leading all men to repentance as they grow and more for their sins that we can read from them. Praise the Lord. So you can take time to study all of those things, but I just wanted to point out the issue of where the Spirit is first of all coming onto the primary position the Spirit is resting on was the house of David. Why? Because the house of David was the leadership house in Israel. So the essence of the Holy Spirit coming, united with your spirit, is to lead you into knowing the mind and the will of God. At any particular time and season, you got to know the mind and the will of God. Praise the living God. You following this? I need you to understand it, that you can pray and get result by you knowing God's intent, God's purposes, God's mind, not only for you, your wife, your children, and anything, your fellowship. In fact, you must come to the place you pray based on what God instructs you to pray about. It's not just enough to pray. It's good to pray, but going to pray based on what God has instructed. You, you won't spend time. You just make declaration. That's part of what the scripture talks about. They shall make a decree and it shall come to pass. The decree has to do with established command, established will of God. You pronounce it and it comes to pass. Just like, you know, we read of Elijah now that was saying, as long as I stand in the presence of God, let there be no rain. And there was no rain because God said, when you go into a to worship, I make sure there's no rain in the land. Some of you need to read the Bible so that to know the mind of God, to know the will of God, to know the power that's inside the world. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? If you don't read the scripture, you will know what to pray for. You don't even know how to pray and there will be nothing for the Holy Spirit to remind you of. I will overemphasize this. The quickest way to defeat the devil is to read the Bible. Why did I say that? When the devil came to Jesus, what did he use in defeating the devil? The word. He wasn't shouting. He wasn't. That is not when to pray. What he said was prayer. Is that okay? It's not crying. It's not by anything. And now if you don't know the word, there is no way you can defeat the devil. No way. Praise the living God. And I was sharing with a friend who was talking to me. Oh, Spirit of deliverance and all of those things we're just discussing. That's my question. Can you please take time to separate the difference between the works of the flesh and the spirit of whatever thing that's happening to you? Can you take time to separate that? Because Galatians talks about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. 
Is it the works of the flesh you're calling the devil or what? You just need to be able to know. Because your understanding of the word of God can destroy the works of the flesh. Are you following what I'm talking about? Yeah, just the word. Knowing what the word says destroy the works of the flesh. So what are you being delivered from? The quickest way to get delivered from the works of the flesh is to study the word. <laughs> are you sitting there with me? Now, a lot of things are going through my mind. I'm going to be sharing some things about this issue of deliverance. Some people need to understand what deliverance is all about. And that's why they don't make progress because they are looking at the wrong direction. Exercising power for nothing. And so they can succeed because the world is the key. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. Let me round up with this. I don't want to call it, uh, I don't know. But what happened? About two years ago, somebody walked to this office. Okay, more than two years now, so. Somebody walked to this office, it was brought to me. And here is somebody whose life had been bastardized by all kind of lifestyle that she was living in. Right? A married woman for that matter. She walked in and was looking at me and asked her, what's your problem? She started giving all these stories. Horrible lifestyle. This somebody who stays in the club drinking to about 12 midnight, 1 midnight, 1 a.m. before going back home. She has five children. Right? And she was brought for it. And first thing he told me, he said, look, pastor, I've gone through a lot of deliverance. Nothing is happening. I said, you sure? I said, yes. So how do you live the life you're living now? Why is this kind of thing happening to you? Even though you are married or something? He said, no, I don't believe all of that. And I simply told her, right there, go back and you will never do this anymore. And she said, Pastor, are you not going to lay hands on me? I said, is it my hand you want or you want your freedom? He said, my freedom. I said, you go back and you are fine. Ask me, how did I get that? Jesus said the same thing in John chapter 8 to the woman that was caught in adultery. Go and see no more. There was an empowerment that has to follow the woman from this day. They taught to do what you do have been taken away from you. And to this day, that sister is completely free. She calls me spiritual father. She sends me a message every day. Now she's living comfortably with the family. We didn't go doing acrobatic dancing. I don't know if you follow what I'm talking about. You need to know this book. You need to know the God you serve. And then your prayer becomes what? Effectual. Have I helped you tonight? God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.